The Atlanta Hawks continue their preseason run on Thursday with a matchup against the Memphis Grizzlies. We'll have all of the sights and sounds, analysis, and more on the way. You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1565 of the Locked on Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland, coming to you deep into the night here on a Thursday evening into Friday. And today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, a special sportsbook partner of the Locked on Podcast Network. Right now, if you're a new customer at FanDuel, bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked on to get started. Also, I want to tell you at the top of the podcast, as I always do, and encourage you to make sure first listen each and every day. Start your day with us and check us out anywhere you get your podcasts, places like Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, as well as YouTube on the video side. And today's show will focus on what became another pretty interesting and close-fought win for the Hawks in the preseason. Obviously, the results not the most important thing in the world, but a couple of uh, literally one-point victories for Atlanta in their first two games on Tuesday and, and again, again tonight, 103-102. Over the Grizzlies, it got a little bit tight um, in, in pretty interesting fashion down the stretch. But it wasn't pretty after halftime with the kind of third stringers out there for the most part, especially in the, especially in the fourth quarter. But the first half was a legitimately positive story for Atlanta. They looked crisp offensively. I want to start the podcast there, basically, and talking about the fact that the Hawks did really look good in the first half of this contest. I'll share, I'll share some stats with you later on. But the starters, at least the guys who were available in this game, Trey Young in particular, Jalen Johnson in particular, DeJounte, Clint, uh, Bogdanovich made his debut uh, for the season in the first half of this game. They only played the first half, but um, the Hawks were kind of firing on all cylinders on offense, um, not necessarily like shooting the lights out or not, you know, not playing perfect, perfect basketball, but they scored 59 points in the first half, and uh, particularly Trey went nuts at one point. Jalen played very well, got a lot of attention, rightly so, in this game, and um, when they were actually kind of deploying their guys, they looked pretty good. Now, I will say... Memphis was actually playing like their C team in this game. Only Steven Adams, basically of their core, like top six or seven guys. Maybe Santiago Aldama is also in that group now at this point in time. But a lot of their guys rested in this one or have injuries to deal with, whether it's Marcus Smart or Jaron Jackson Jr. John Morantz, of course, suspended at this point in time. Um, they were missing a bunch of guys in this game. But at the same time, the Hawks looked pretty good all the way around. Um, the other big thing from tonight's game was the guys who did not play, and there was a little bit of injury development, I mean, perhaps anyway, uh, but pregame, Sadiq Bey, Anyeke Kongwu, and DeAndre Hunter were ruled out by Quinn Snyder before the game. Now, that's in stark contrast to Tuesday, where I talked about on the podcast after the game, where the Hawks basically said absolutely nothing about the injury report or about who was going to play, who wasn't going to play, why they didn't play, etc. And, of course, Bogdanovich and Hunter rested or did or at least did not appear in the game on Tuesday. Um, also, by the way, uh, Quinn announced those guys were not going to play, and then he did not say anything about Wes Matthews, who also didn't play and was in street clothes. Obviously, Wes Matthews is like my age, so I assume that's just age-related. But all that said, not a lot of info on Kongwu and Bay. They both played Tuesday and looked fine, so I'm assuming it's just either a rest or like a nagging, some sort of issue whatsoever. But Quinn did say, and I'm quoting here now, one of the things about a preseason game is that you want to get better, but you also want to be smart and balance that with fatigue as well as bumps and bruises. And later on in the interview that he gave to the media pregame, he said, quote, anytime you get into a preseason situation, there's just no reason to push guys in any situation. That was a quote they actually gave to me after a follow-up question. But 
the actual news item here, at least on some level, is that Snyder said that DeAndre Hunter, quote, has a mild emphasis there on purpose by me, but he said it that way as well, bone bruise. Right away, he didn't say what that actually meant beyond that. Um, I asked a follow-up later on about the bone bruise and basically asked what part of the body it was at. Um, it's, it's his knee, and he insisted right away that it's, quote, not an issue, end quote. He said, again, there's no reason to push anything, of course, which I, of course, agree with. Broadly speaking, it's an exhibition game. It doesn't really matter. But when you're starting small forward, who you've paid money um, to basically, you know, extension-wise as a starter, um, misses the first two games, and there's not really a lot of detail, it becomes more of a eyebrow raiser in some respects. I asked which knee at the time. He didn't really specify that, but I was told after that by a member of the Hawks that it was actually it's actually his right knee for DeAndre Hunter. Now, I will stop here and just say, he might be totally fine. I'm not saying otherwise. We don't know anything beyond the fact that Quinn said on, on the record in the microphone that it's not an issue. So if that's the case, we'll see. I just want to say this out loud, that there is some knee history with DeAndre Hunter. Last year, he missed some time with a left bone bruise and muscle strain in the left knee. That's that's the other knee, but still. Um, the right the right knee, though, does have um, issues in the past. If you remember right, if you remember this it's only been like a couple of years at this point in time, but he had surgery on a torn lateral meniscus in the right knee injury that's actually happening now uh, during the 2021 playoffs and missed the rest of that season. He actually, people have kind of forgotten this, but DeAndre played in the Knicks series in 2021, but actually did not play at all against Philly or Milwaukee in the playoff run. Beyond that, he missed 47 games in a 49-game period during that 2021 season. Um, after an MRI showed articular wear and tear in the right knee. And again, he had a lateral meniscus arthroscopic debridement procedure is what the Hawks announced that as back in 2021. So it could be nothing, but this is a guy who has some knee issues in the past. It's at least a red flag to some degree That's a, because it's been on the radar in the past, but we will see how they handle that. And as a reminder from Tuesday, if you missed anything about that show, the Hawks, or basically no, no team has to do this, but no team has to announce the official injury report status like, um, a lot of if this was during the season, they'd have to give a, a specific listing for DeAndre Hunter, etc. But right now, Quinn actually gave more information than he has been giving on Thursday, and it's a uh, in his description a mild bone bruise in the knee, and we will see what happens beyond that. But so all that said, the Hawks were without three key guys in this game, so a little, little bit shorthanded all that stuff. But we'll stop there for now. Um, they ended up starting Bogdanovich and Jalen Johnson at the forward spots and rolled from there. Uh, before we get to the actual back and forth of what transpired in this game, some broad numbers to touch on, touch on here. Again, extremely preseason stuff in the second half. Ended up with 21 turnovers, most of those after halftime. They shot very poorly after halftime, 36% from the floor, 13 giveaways after the half. They did actually end up the game with 29 assists and 42 three-point attempts. That's a lot of attempts. I, I, love, I love to see that. Um, both teams, though, ended up at the end of the game under a point per possession with about a 20% turnover rate. So it was really sloppy stuff after halftime. Defensively, Memphis shot sub 40% after halftime, but took 32 threes in the second half. That's a ton of attempts. They turned the ball over a lot as well, though. Um, in general, the Hawks were, I thought, pretty obviously the last two games, really the first two games, were kind of flooding and shading more to the strong side defensively, like a lot more attention, a little bit more aggressive in general more blitzing and recovering on the back end. The Hawks are allowing a bunch of threes, which is one of the sort of side effects, side effects of playing that way defensively, even having guys like Capella be more aggressive. Like I don't mind it. I really don't, but it's, a, it's, it's definitely a big change. And the Hawks are going to have to figure out in the way that, 
actually a lot of old Hawks teams under Budenholzer had to figure out like the give and take there, because if you're going to be allowing a lot of threes, that's where that's been Milwaukee's kryptonite. Sometimes you look bad when, when they go in, but there can be positives, especially if you assume, if you can kind of create turnovers, all that stuff too. So keep an eye on that. The Hawks are playing, I think noticeably differently on defense, even with similar, similar personnel to last year. And then, uh, you know, more of Jalen Johnson, of course, in primary actions. Um, anyway, that's kind of where I will leave it there in terms of the broad strokes from this one. But the Hawks played well in the first half, albeit in a pretty favorable spot at home against a pretty, you know, kind of third team-ish Memphis team. But after halftime, there's player stuff to talk about for sure and like style stuff, but it was kind of a slog, but a fun slog down the stretch. Lots of back and forth we'll talk about in a second. Okay, more to come on this game momentarily with the sort of blow-by-blow of how it transpired. But first, a word from our sponsors on today's podcast. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Snap into the action this NFL or NBA season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. And right now, if you're a new customer, bet $5 and get $200 back in bonus bets guaranteed with FanDuel. Beyond the awesome perks of signing up right now with FanDuel, they have all the stuff you're looking for in the sports betting space. Point spreads are there. Over-unders, money lines, player props, future bets, and much more. And the FanDuel app is safe, safe and secure. They cover the entire spectrum of the sporting landscape as well. That includes the NBA, of course, as we talk, talk about on the show all the time. We have the NFL, college football, MLB, WNBA, college basketball, golf, tennis, soccer, auto racing, and many more. And now is the best possible time to join up at FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn right now. Check out the official sportsbook partner of the Lockdown Podcast Network with an offer that you will not want to miss with that betting of $5, getting $200 back in bonus bets guaranteed. That is FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, we'll dive in now to the kind of uh, game flow in this one. At the outset, it was more um, kind of top level. Memphis actually hit threes early on, a couple of them back to back. The Hawks ran something for Bogey right out of the gate after he missed the game on Tuesday. Uh, probably a good idea to get him engaged. He looked fine for the most part. Um, the Hawks had a couple of catch and shoot threes in pretty short order in the early going. Jalen Johnson had a couple of like no hesitation catch and shoots in the first half, which is good to see. Him shooting up with confidence. I think people are going to, uh, in fact, I saw a little bit of this tonight. People are, I think, are probably assigning a little bit too much to the accuracy there with him in a small sample size, but it's more for me that he is shooting them. We want him to shoot them in general. People want him to shoot them. The Hawks want, shoot, want, him, want them to shoot those threes, and Jalen is uh, firing away in the early going, which is good to see. Then Trey threw um, a trademark pass to DeJounte for a three-point attempt as well. Uh, Trey tried a backboard alley-oop to DeJounte in transition that didn't work. It's actually pretty funny. It's preseason, of course, but Quinn actually referenced that after the game and talks about how unselfish they were. He praised his team for that, and I start, that, that's a good example of that kind of in a funny way, but um, there was one later on in the game that was like really overpassed, and like that's kind of where Quinn said, I think they, he even said like, they want to err on the side of being too unselfish, if that's possible, which I think is generally a good thing to install to your team. Um, Capella, nice finish in the middle of a set when he was on the move. That was nice to see from him. Also finished a lot from Bogey at one point when he slipped behind Adams. The offense looked great. As I mentioned before, they actually opened 16 from the floor with one turnover. The ball was kind of flying around. Defensively, it was not as good, certainly. Memphis got up a lot of threes the entire game, especially after halftime. But even in the first half, they scored about 26 points in the first 19 trips of the game. That's bad defense, of course. Um, Jalen Johnson, though, in transition, is an absolute menace. A nice three-point play going downhill against Zaire Williams. Um, rotationally, again, three guys that are important, plus Wes Matthews. They're really four of their top you know, 10 or 11 guys that not play in this game. It was A.J. Griffin, first sub off the bench, then Muhammad Gay played the backup four minutes because Bay and Hunter were both out, so they kind of have to be Muhammad Gay minutes there. 
Uh, then Fran, um, Bruno was actually, of course, behind Clint in this game without without a Kongwu. Um, they played a little bit of Mogay at center and a little bit of Miles Doris at center in the second half because Bruno couldn't play the entire half and Clint was already shut down. Um, Bufkin played a little bit in the first half as well. It's kind of the ninth guy alongside Trey. He, had a, he actually hit a three pretty quickly when he, when he came in the game, which is good to see. Uh, also, a nice uh, drop-off pass to Muhammad Gay that, from, from Bufkin that kind of stood out to me. It wasn't actually a, an assist because Gay got blocked on the play at the rim, but a really good look from Bufkin as well. Ball shot the ball well, 50% um, from the floor in the first half, eight assists, uh, sorry, in the first quarter with eight assists. And the offense scored about 29 points on 25, 25 possessions. Good to see the stuff there. Also, one really nice trip actually made the rounds on social media because the Hawks shared it. But Trey moved very actively, like on a kind of a wheel kind of you know play around around the baseline and around was found on a curl and with a nice pocket pass once went to the rim for a layup. And it's like that's obviously what's it's one play, but Trey has unquestionably been more active off the ball, which is uh certainly a good seed to plant in the first couple of games. Defensively, obviously a little bit rough. Once again, um, we got a, we got a Trey AJ bogey lineup early in the second quarter, albeit with Gay and Bruno. It was Garrison Matthews as sort of a tenth guy in the first half, um, but the Hawks had like a three point barrage actually between Trey and Bogey early in, the, early in the second quarter, and Trey actually went pretty nuts in this one. Um, Thirteen points for Trey in the first four minutes of the second quarter is pretty darn impressive. He had twenty points in his first thirteen minutes of play. Four six on threes. He's been firing threes. I love to see that. Talked about that on Tuesday night as well. And clearly, like, I don't really talk, I didn't tell anybody listening to this podcast that Trey is awesome on offense, but he looks very good at this point. Um, the Hawks were up by 10 by the middle of the quarter. Um, they actually, I, I, I know I mentioned it once before, they botched the three-on-one break in the second quarter with Trey and Jalen overpassing and then DeJounte missing like a three-footer at the rim. But Trey had a uh, did have a beautiful between-the-legs pass to Jalen Johnson for a big dunk near the end of the first half. And they're up nine at the break after playing really quite well, hitting nine threes. Defensively, they were much better in the second quarter when they sort of turned things up. That was the best quarter of the game defensively, I thought, on the whole. And Jalen had 14 points by halftime. After the half, probably a little bit less to say because there was uh, not the key regulars in the game for the most part. In fact, um, not you know, in on Tuesday, Trey, DeJounte, and Clint didn't play after halftime. Tonight, all five starters didn't play after halftime. Plus, of course, Bay didn't play in the game. Neither did a Kong Wu. Uh, neither did Hunter or Wes Matthews. So you could say that's like the top nine or at least nine of the top 10 guys on the team potentially did not play uh, after after halftime. Only AJ Griffin would be like the very clear like top 10 guy that did that actually played after halftime. Patty Mills came in. Um, lots of Garrison Matthews and Muhammad Gay, Bruno Fernando. Um, they went to Trent Forrest, Miles North by, by the middle of the quarter. Bruno had a couple nice plays, I thought. A nice big block on David Roddy at one point. Um, by the two-minute mark of the third quarter, though, everyone that was in uniform had played in the game. Um, again, it was Miles Norris at center at one point. So was Mohamed Gay. That's the one thing about this team. They only had three centers, and two of them were unavailable after halftime, so keep that in mind. But um, notably, after uh, sort of late in the third quarter, I noticed that uh, Quinn, I don't, I don't think he was like, mad, but maybe perturbed about AJ turning down a three, like one that he probably should have taken. It was just one of those teaching moments that I thought was pretty obvious, again, from far away. But that Quinn wants to instill like he's got to shoot that ball. Like especially Jay, especially someone like AJ, who is a knockdown shooter in the first place. You got to fire that up. It was a good teaching moment. I think that was something that always jumped out to me watching from the side. Um, Bruno tried to end Gigi Jackson's life with a dunk attempt early in the fourth quarter. Missed it, but he, he did have some revenge later on, blocking Gigi Jackson's shot at the rim a few minutes later. The Hawks were actually up by like 12 or 14 points 
in the fourth quarter, but it got real dicey. Memphis made a run. It got down to like, uh, what, three point? I think it was like a three-minute stretch where it went from 12 down to two or three. Um, Matthews got a technical foul late. A couple of shifts. Memphis took the lead, actually, with about 144 to go. Then Seth Lundy, who had a, who actually had a big game on Tuesday as well, same exact thing tonight. He was great down the stretch. He had a bucket and then another three after that. Memphis, though, was answering. Norris did score on a nice cut to go back up by one. They got a stop, and then Garrison Matthews had kind of had like a weird mental lapse and was not paying attention, and Trent Forrest threw the ball like basically off of him for a jump ball. Um, the most preseason thing possible, though, after that, Forrest got stripped, and then it was a huge scrum again for another jump ball. Um, Lundy then had a huge block like with one second to go to save the game, basically, and Memphis did have a shot up, but uh, fortunately that was uh, not going to be able to fall for the Hawks again. It wouldn't matter that much, but Atlanta ends up escaping. Uh, if it was a game that mattered in the standings, I would I have gone through with more depth on that particular sequence, but again, it was like literally the 13 guys, 14 guys playing on both sides, but it was certainly uh, more exciting than most when it comes to preseason games, and no complaint here with regard to that down the stretch of this one. Okay, that's all I have on the game flow in this game, but one more break here for my question on today's podcast. We'll have more on the player evaluations and analysis coming up. Today's show is brought to you by Jace Medical. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during unexpected times, and that is why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use, gives you peace of mind that you're not just trying to hope that you have access to medication in the case of an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure that you have that medication in hand, and they do so very simply for you. They handle everything that you need from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. And with Jace Medical, you will not be caught unprepared, which is something I know is quite valuable in any aspect of life. As a listener or viewer of this podcast, you can also save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical. Plus, you can get an additional $20 off by using the promo code Locked On at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's an additional $20 off by using promo code locked on at checkout at jacemedical.com. That is J-A-S-E medical.com, promo code locked on. Okay, and to the player evaluations, again, what we do on the podcast, if you are a new listener, is we'll go through the entire roster of guys who appeared. And of course, in these games, um, everybody's playing, so a little bit shorter probably on each and every player, but we'll start at the guys who played the, the least. But Everyone who appeared played at least 10 minutes because it's a preseason game. Uh, Miles Norris, 10 minutes off the bench, two points, and they were actually two big points at the very, very end of the game. Uh, two rebounds and an assist and to go along with a steal. I thought he looked fine. He was actually playing, again, out of position, playing center, but uh, generally was fine. Uh, Seth Lundy, actually only 2-7 from the floor in the game, 1-6 from three, but his big stuff was at the very end. I think he made his last two shots. Four rebounds, um, active on defense, etc. He wasn't as good overall as he was on Tuesday, but some nice flashes there. Patty Mills was kind of just being a caretaker, didn't score in 13 minutes, 0-3 from the floor. They had two assists, looked like Patty Mills, but uh, obviously he's not like pushing hard right now as a guy who is, again, like my age, uh, you know, mid, mid to old, mid to upper 30s, not pushing at this point in time. Uh, Trent Forrest, two points, 1-3 from the floor, three rebounds, three assists, and two steals for Trent. Defensively, excellent. He didn't make as many plays on offense as he did down the stretch of game of the game on Tuesday, but that's that's to be expected. He looked uh, like himself for the most part. They got beat up pretty bad though in the fourth quarter at times before they were able to hold on for the win at the end. Muhammad Gay played some of the first half again with, with the starters at different points. Had twelve points, six rebounds, uh, three assists, and uh, four turnovers. Obviously, some low lows for a rookie. That's to be expected, but the highs are pretty intriguing. Obviously, his touch is um, something the Hawks like a lot. He had two threes in this game. 
Um, Gay is has great length. Um, he's certainly going to have some rookie growing pains, but the flashes are there for him, which is all that you can really ask for. He looked pretty comfortable for the most part in this one. Uh, Griffin played 18 minutes, had five points, was a plus nine, two assists, two seven on the floor. Didn't shoot great, but I thought he was uh, okay. Garrison Matthews actually went three three from three, had 12 points in his 18 minutes of play, um, four rebounds. Uh, a reminder that he can definitely shoot the ball, and that there's some value to be had there. Uh, Buffkin played 22 minutes, actually, actually took 14 shots. He was very, very aggressive, which I'm okay with. I kind of want Buffkin to be aggressive in this setting in particular. Also had 12 points, six rebounds, two assists, and a steal, and was plus eight in his 22 minutes. So it wasn't like he was super efficient, but played, I thought, pretty well on the whole. Bruno Fernando actually led the team in minutes by a lot because, again, he was the only center available after halftime. But 29 minutes, that's a lot of minutes for a preseason game. But uh, three points, five fouls, but then a four assists, six rebounds, and four block shots. So Bruno was very, very involved in this one. He wasn't perfect. had actually five, five giveaways, I believe, in the game out of the 20-plus that the Hawks had as a team. But I thought Bruno looked fine, made some nice splash plays. And I believe strongly that Bruno is a backup center. And on the Hawks, he's a third center, which is totally fine. He just means he's overqualified for the role that he's in. Um, to the starters who actually played, again, only in the first half, DeJounte, uh, seven points and 17 minutes, three right from the floor, three assists, no turnovers. He had one very nice vintage pull-up jumper and uh, played fine, just kind of you know unselfish, moving the ball, not like pushing a lot of usage right now by his standards. That's, that's okay. Uh, Bogey made his debut in this one, 17 minutes, three shots, um, two points, three steals. Kind of weirdly active there, three assists. He was definitely passing and facilitating, not pressing um, too much right now, but I thought he looked okay moving. Um, and obviously his shooting is well-documented. Capella, seven points, uh, had, I believe, one rebound, two steals in 16 minutes, low usage, but like a couple nice flash plays, good, good, a good drive to the rim at one point off the dribble when he was kind of found in stride. And then the two standouts in this one really on the first half were Jalen and Trey. Uh, Johnson had 14 points, three assists, three rebounds, and two steals in 17 minutes. Made six or seven shots, two or two from three. Uh, did, did miss a free throw, but I thought he looked very good, very comfortable. Um, much more like in the flow on offense in this one. In, in the first game, he was pretty clunky at times on offense, I thought, in the half court. But in this game, he was pushing the pace. Quinn talked about him as a pick-and-roll option a couple times in the last couple days. And I think he's been a little bit um, more active and a little more comfortable and that's just a, it's a process for sure. Uh, he had a lot of space to work with playing alongside Bogey and the two guards, but it was good to see him play well. And then Trey Young went again crazy in at one point in the first half at 13 points in like three and a half minutes, but at 20 in 18 minutes of play, took 16, 16 shots. That, that was okay. He wasn't like pressing hard, I didn't think. Took seven threes. He's getting him up, three assists. Um, I thought Trey looked great once again. So we'll leave it there for now, but I thought he uh, he looked good. The team looked pretty good. And uh, while the second half was definitely, um, we'll call it unsightly in some ways, they did not play particularly well in the second half. That was, again, the second half, it was, sorry, the second team, third team, fourth team guys, and uh, nothing to be concerned about with regard to that. Um, from here, the Hawks play again on Saturday afternoon. That's the third game in five days for Atlanta. It's a 3.30 game, p.m. Eastern time, at the Gateway Center down in College Park where the Skyhawks play. Um, as a reminder, last year, the Hawks and Pelicans played a preseason game in Birmingham that I went to, and that's where the Pelicans G League team plays. Um, th this is kind of the return game for that. So the same two teams are playing this year um, in College Park where the Skyhawks play, where the Atlanta Dream play. So a much, much smaller venue than an NBA team is used to playing in, in a lot of ways, but certainly state-of-the-art 
It's a new facility in the last couple of years. And I'll be on the scene for that one on Saturday afternoon. But um, TBD on who's going to play on that one. I thought that uh, a lot of the regulars might sit one of the three games this week, just uh, when it comes to like how much Quinn talked about, like the five games, sorry, three games in five day thing. So, but the only guys who have not sat of the regulars so far are Clint, Trey, DeJounte, Jalen, um, and AJ. Everybody else has at least sat for one of the games, whether it was Bogey in the first game, and then of course tonight, uh, Onyeka and Sadiq. Um, and, and Hunter's missed both games. So we'll see if Hunter makes some progress. I don't know if he's going to play or anything like that. we got no more details than I shared with you earlier in the podcast. We'll see if a Kongwu and Bay return. It would not stun me if we saw any of Clint, Trey, DeJounte rest on Saturday, but you know, we'll see. Um, I, I don't have, I don't really have a guess for you at this point in time. It's an early game, kind of a quick turnaround, not a back-to-back, but certainly, you know, less than a full two game, full two days between games like you might want to have. And uh, we'll see how they fare in that one against New Orleans on Saturday. And as always, I'll have a podcast after that game. So please stay tuned for that. Please subscribe to this podcast anywhere you get your podcast. If you're a new listener to the pod this year, first of all, welcome aboard. But second of all, please subscribe across platforms. If you want to go ahead and do that multiple times, either on YouTube or Spotify and or Apple and or Google podcasts or overcast, all those places we should be there. If we're not there, let me know. I'll get it fixed for you, but we should be anywhere you get your podcast at this point in time. Raise reviews appreciated. Follow us on Twitter slash X at Locked on Hawks. Follow me on Twitter at BT Roland, patreon.com slash BT Roland as well. And stay tuned. I'll have uh, much more on all things Hawks after the game on Saturday. Thank you for listening one more time, and we'll see you all next time.